This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mother of four, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of the Crystal Pain Show. This is actually going to be our last episode before my maternity leave. I'm taking June and July off, although we may come back sometime during June and July to do a podcast on the birth story, but no promises, but for sure I plan to be back in August. But we're going to talk about my unexpected hospital stay because it's been a bit of a roller coaster uh, the last two weeks, pregnancy wise. And if you noticed, there was no podcast last week. And that was because things were just really up in the air and we did not get a podcast done. But before we talk about that and share that story, um, Jesse, you have a new book that you're reading. Yes. The long awaited next installment of the James Reese series from Jack Carr came out here this week. And I was texting with a friend. He sent me a picture of when he got, I said, great. Now my day is going to be all eaten up the next day. So, but that wasn't the case. It didn't come until the day later. So um, you've you've been reading it, but you haven't, but you haven't like just been non-existent because you've been so focused on reading it. Yep. I've, I've been, uh, I've also been reading another book at the same time. And so two books at once, two books at once. And there's a reason and you're actually for that. reading them. You're, it's not audio. Yes. You're reading yes. two books at so once. Wow. I've, I've started a thing. I was going to talk about it, but I decided to wait until I've been in it for a little while longer. And part of the uh, things that I need to do is to read two, uh, read 10 pages of a nonfiction book every, every day. 
And so I'm going to be finishing the book that I was reading before I started Jack's book. And then I'm reading Jack's as well. But you cannot listen to audiobooks. They don't count. So. Oh, okay. I might disagree with that. But I mean, I think there is something about the practice of sitting yes, down. That's what that's the and reading a book. Kind of the impetus behind it. Yeah. It's almost as if I feel like audio can be a little bit more entertainment or like we're we're stimulating ourselves uh-huh. through I agree. you know, a media, whereas opening up a book is just like there's it, it does something kind of for your soul. It does. And you have to be intentional to sit down and read a book. And so what this is, is helping you to be more intentional with your life. And so you're going to share about this. Hopefully, don't forget, when we come back from maternity leave, you should should have this really great report about this thing that you're doing. Is that that correct? Yes. Are we going to keep you accountable with that? Yep. Might start numerous times over, but. (laughs) Well, you've got, you've got two whole months. Two months to do it. Two whole months. Well, my What's Saving My Life and my book are actually rolled up into one because I just finished book number three of the Imagination Station book series with Kirsten. And I just had to share because it's so fun. This is a series of books. I think there might be like 16 in the series um, that I read through with our older three and they loved them. And it was just something we really enjoyed. We have a lot of fond memories. I don't necessarily think that the writing is the greatest on these books, but there's something about they're short, they have pictures, Mm -hmm. they're engaging, and um, our kids loved Adventures in Odyssey so much, and they're really excited to get to introduce Kirsten to Adventures in Odyssey, and so they're excited that I'm reading these books with her, but she actually sits there and she, I know there's a lot that she's not understanding, but she's really being engaged with them, and I think because there's pictures, the the, um, chapters are really short. And for some reason, she just will really sit there. Um, You know, it's usually only five or eight minutes that it takes me to read a chapter, but we've just really enjoyed it. And I've enjoyed that she's learning the practice of listening to read alouds and that she loves when I read picture books to her, but it's a different practice, just like we were talking about, Jesse, of sitting down and reading a book that's not just pictures. And so that's just been really fun. And I've really enjoyed doing it with her. And if you're looking for a book series that might really engage your younger kids, um, the Imagination Station books, I would recommend them, especially if your kids love Adventures and Odyssey. Um, And also, it's kind of nice for the mom because they're short. And so... It doesn't take you that long to get through a book, and it just feels that gratifying sense of, we finished another chapter book. So my unexpected hospital stay. Jesse, I realized that we probably haven't mentioned that much about this pregnancy on the podcast, at least when it comes to there have been a lot of complications with this pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, or a lot of near complications. I feel like I have learned so much about so many different things, this pregnancy, because mm-hmm. we keep running into this new thing that it's like, well, it looks like maybe it's going to be this. And it looks like it's going to, you're going to have this. Um, mm-hmm. From uh, at 11 weeks, I started bleeding and I'd never had that kind of thing before. Baby was okay, but then really often on, very consistently 
since up until the last few weeks, I had bleeding or spotting the entire pregnancy. And so um, first it was my placenta um, was bleeding a little bit, which that was, you know, pretty concerning. Um, That resolved itself. Um, Then I, they discovered that I had fibroids pretty early on in the pregnancy, which they feel like that has been causing some of the bleeding. Um, And then my placenta was low lying. um, They thought that it was moving. Going to have placenta previa, but then the placenta moved. um, And that seemed to cause some bleeding as well. And then um, I had uh, the baby was transverse and I'd never had the baby be transverse. I mean, usually my babies go head down really early on and stay head down. And so, um, there was concern that I was again, going to have to have a C-section because of that. And, um, there were going to be complications because of that, but then baby moved head down. So there's just been kind of one thing after another, after another, um, this pregnancy and it's just kept us very much on our toes and mm-hmm. caused us to have to do a lot of research and learn a lot of new things, new words, new, you know, possible complications, all of that. And just really trust God for what is this going to look like? And I think for me, I've always had, um, natural unmedicated births. And so, uh, you know, I've never had an epidural, never had a C-section. And so just the the possibilities that were out there of what these things could mean, there was a lot to wrap my head around. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything had resolved itself and we were excited because it seemed like the fibroids weren't going to cause a problem for the birth and baby had done so well on every single ultrasound that we've had. And we've done a lot of additional testing just because of my age and just because of all of these issues. Mm-hmm. There's been and, a lot of ultrasounds. You know, I was thinking, was, if, was it because we had all this extra testing and the other oversight that we discovered these issues? But I'm thinking, no. I think that probably we would have discovered it even without the, the increased visits that we were making because of how the baby was laying. Well, also because of the bleeding, like mm-hmm. they kept being like, you know, it's, it's not uncommon. Like they say, 25% of pregnancies, you, there will be some unexplained bleeding in the first trimester. So my first initial um, bleeding was very scary for me because I've never had things. I've had spotting, but not like, you know, this was right. a significant amount. And um, so then because they discovered the placenta issues with that, then we had to get that checked out again. And then because I continued to bleed, that was then, you know, then they also discovered the fibroids. And then there was concern about those because of where they're positioned, um, just really close to the cervix and um, their size. They didn't think they would grow, but if they did grow, it could really be a problem and all of that. Um, So I do feel like, yes, you know, it's possible that, we wouldn't have discovered some of these things that they would have resolved itself on their own. But I think the bleeding was what, mm-hmm. you know, once you get to the second trimester and the third trimester and you're still bleeding um, and the, you know, bleeding will increase or something, that's a cause for concern and something that needs to be checked out. So in the process of checking things out, there's just a lot that they found out. But anyway, we were really excited, really encouraged because when I finally hit was it? I think it was 32 weeks. 
everything seemed to be kind of resolving itself. Mm -hmm. It was moving in the right direction. And like I said, every single ultrasound we've had, baby has been healthy, 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 healthy. It's all always just been my issues, placenta and all of that. Um, so I went in for my almost 34 week, um, it's called a BPP biophysical profile ultrasound. Um, and I'm having these not only because of the different issues that I've had in the pregnancy, but also because I'm 40 years old. And, um, so just those things combined, they're just keeping a really close eye, um, on things. And so my, um, maternal fetal specialist had actually ordered extra, I wasn't supposed to start till 36 weeks for some reason. He just felt like we needed to start at 34 weeks because of some of the recent issues. And so I went in for my 34 week. And since I've had so many ultrasounds, I know exactly what to look for. I've had these BPPs before. I know what to look for because I had them with Kirsten. And it was just this kind of eerie thing because as soon as they started the ultrasound, you know, it was like, okay, check the fluid. Everything's good. So they checked the amniotic, amniotic fluid first. And then it was checked to see, there's four things that they check for on this. Um, and the baby gets two points for every one, depending upon how the baby responds um, or if the fluid levels are good. So amniotic fluid looked good. Then they went to check baby doing practice breathing. Um, there was no practice breathing happening. And, you know, at, I was almost 34 weeks, so it's possible that you won't see as much practice breathing, but they should be seeing practice breathing. And so then they moved on to movement and tone. And so baby gets two points for each of those. And they could not get the baby to move. And I had eaten a good breakfast, like sweet stuff, peanut butter, like stuff that should have. I try to always eat and drink before an ultrasound just to make sure that, you know, that just kind of helps to make sure that the baby's moving and all of that. It was over 45 minutes and they tried everything, turning me in all different positions, um, you know, poking my stomach, um, trying, you know, to use the ultrasound wand and baby was just not responding. And Jesse, you weren't there with me. I was no, there by myself. By um, and the, the woman who was doing the ultrasound, I'd had her before and she's usually super like encouraging and telling me everything that's going on. And there was a student in the room as well. And so usually they're talking to the student and they're telling the student what, you know, and they're just saying, Oh, look, like that looks great. And that looks good. And that looks great. And like, it was just minutes upon minutes upon minutes upon minutes of nothing. Like she wasn't saying anything. She wasn't talking to the student. She wasn't, you know, and so I just, she just kept being like, can you move this way? Can you move that way? You know, did you eat something this morning? Um, and so I knew something was wrong. Um, and I could just tell like the heart was beating, mm -hmm. but baby was just not moving. And, um, was the heart rate pretty good and like normal heart rate was normal yeah mm -hmm. um and so baby failed the bpp is what it's called they gave the baby two points for the amniotic fluid and they said they could kind of sort of they saw two practice breaths the whole the whole time so technically they could give the baby a little bit of points for that but 
they were very concerned. My maternal fetal specialist came in right away. Usually like the um, person doing the ultrasound will write up a report and they'll usually, a lot of times they have a student. So the student will get to practice on me because I always love to let the students have, you know, opportunity to practice. Um, and then the maternal fetal specialist will come in and just say, you know, everything was great, but none of that happened. <laughs> the um, woman doing the ultrasound and the student just left. And then the doctor comes in and he's like, you know, we're really concerned about what we're seeing. It appears like baby is trying to show signs that baby does not want to be in the womb any longer. Um, it just seems like when we start to see this kind of stuff happening, um, that it's like your placenta is no longer working well. And he was talking about how at 34 weeks, that's when the, there's a lot of strain on the placenta. And so um, he was like, you know, there's a really good chance you're going to be having a baby today. And I was like, what? <laughs> Deer in the headlights. I mean, I was 33 weeks, five days and there by myself. And obviously I knew something was wrong, but I think I just was assuming, I don't know. I, I really didn't, I really hadn't thought beyond, I know something's wrong. I was thinking they'd probably be like, here, we're going to give you some juice and we're going to, but they didn't. And it was just like, he immediately goes to, so I already called ahead. We're going to admit you to the hospital. Um, we're going to give you the steroid shots. Um, you can't eat or drink anything. You know, um, we're going to, we're hoping to get six hours to wait between when you get the first steroid shot and six hours before we'd have to do a C-section because that will give enough time for the steroid shots to affect baby's lungs um, and help them just develop a little bit more. Um, he said, obviously, 48 hours is our ideal. Um, if we can have 48 hours between when we give the first shot and when we do a C-section, but um, I don't think we're going to be able to wait that long. So we're going to, you know, just six hours. And so... So all along, were they only planning on doing one shot? Yes. Yeah. And and he said, I mean, he's like, possibly, possibly we're going to send you for more testing. We're going to go put all the, um, you know, do the non-stress test after we give you the shot and we're going to see... Um, you know, and he's like, I'm like, fingers crossed, I'm going to see you next week, but I don't think that's going to be happening. Um, I think you're having a baby today. And I asked him, I just remember, I was like, it was just such like shock. You know, you go in for this just routine ultrasound and all of a sudden they're like, you're having a baby today. And all I could think about was all the different things we had going on that week. All I could think about was the fact that like, I'm having a C-section. I've never had one. Um, to my baby is in distress, like get this baby out of here. Um, just because my baby's in distress, I need to get this baby out. And, you know, is the baby going to be okay? Like, can we even wait six hours? Like, I think there was a lot of that. And then there was all the things of like, I got to tell Jesse, like he's home with Kirsten and baby D and like he, the kids are at school and how, you know, like, how do I even tell Jesse? Um, mm -hmm you need to get up to the hospital because I think I'm having an emergency C-section. Like it was just so much all at once. And so they sent me down to um, start doing, to get the steroid shot and do testing. And so as I'm walking, I call you and you said I acted really calm. Like I did not feel calm. Mm -hmm. I, I could tell in your voice that something was wrong, but for the most part, it was pretty calm. 
And I just was like, um, I think we might be having a baby today. <laughs> and so you need to get to the hospital. And so you dropped the little kids off at school um, mm-hmm. with Catherine and they got out of school and they came home, which was such a, such a blessing that we have a teenage so well. driver and they were near the end of their school day. And, you know, God just worked out all of those details. And we were supposed to babysit champ that day. Mm-hmm. And then his mom the night before had said, he's not feeling very well. I'm just going to keep him home and I'm not going to work today. And God just worked that out as mm-hmm. well. That would have added a huge wrinkle. Yes. Like that would have just been made it a lot more complicated. So I go down for the testing and they give me the shot. And it was the weirdest thing. It was like, as soon as they put the monitors on me, um, well, before that, they had checked my blood pressure and I had high blood pressure, which I never, ever could have been the stress that you were. Oh, well, yeah, were. I know that's what it was. And I've never in my entire life had high blood pressure. Yeah. Like I always am on the low side, even times when I don't feel well, even times when I mean, Did you, know, you feel like you had high blood pressure? Did you yes, feel? I felt it was like I felt so your heart rate was. Like it was a really, it was scary for me because I was there by myself. But I think what was scary is like to see on the screen, like my baby's not moving. Mm -hmm. Something's wrong with my baby. I need to get this baby out of my body. Like Mm -hmm. that was, it was just like the thing of like, my body is not taking care of this baby. I need to get this baby out. But it was also just thinking like, is baby going to be okay? Like when, when they did the ultrasound, did they do like the blood flow where you could see the blood flow? Yeah, they they did all the things the that they and and usually would check, and you know, so it was just that it was literally like the baby was completely lethargic. And, and the heart that, that would just baffles me is, and the heart rate was fine. Now, what is interesting, and I don't really know all of the things, but they, my doctor came in right away, and she told me what I was looking for on the monitor. Mm-hmm. Um, she's always just so calm about everything, and she's like, you know, you can't eat or drink. We may be having a C-section today, um, but we're going to check this out. Everything could be okay. You know, she's like super chill. She never, she just doesn't get rattled or dramatic or anything, which very, I really, very good bedside manner, which I really appreciate. But she showed me on the machine. She said, this is what you're looking for. So she said, we're looking for the heart to spike up and stay spiked up for like 15 seconds and she told me the range and then to go back down and she said what we're what we do not want to see is that it's dropping Mm -hmm. so she said if we see any dropping on here we're gonna that is going to be cause for concern (laughs) she's not like she was just very very calm about it but she um i knew that for her to be like don't eat or drink like all you know the different things that she was saying i knew that she was concerned because she you know, but she was so calm about it, which I really appreciated. And um, so then after like 10 minutes, they were, you know, looking at that and they're like, it's actually looking really good. Um, but they were still very concerned, you know, what happened in that ultrasound. So they had me monitored for a little bit longer and then they admitted me to the hospital um, where they kept, where they were just kept monitoring me. And, um, it was just the craziest thing because nothing like they monitored me for an entire 24 hours mm-hmm. and nothing showed up that was out of character mm-hmm. or alarming. That's what that's, yeah. that's why it just 
the whole situation has baffled me. And so they were finally then after six hours, they said, well, I mean, you know, she's like, baby looks beautiful. And she said, I, I think you can go ahead and eat and drink, which I was so <laughs> grateful for because I hadn't, I, you know, like I said, I'd eaten before the sonogram, but I wished I had like gulped water or something. because I was so thirsty and hungry by the time they said I could eat and drink. Um, and then it was also caused me to be somewhat dehydrated. So between the steroid shot and not drinking and feeling dehydrated, then I was having a lot of contractions too, um, way more than I have than I usually have. And um, so anyway, they were like, we're going to monitor you for, you know, the rest of the night and all morning. And then if everything looks okay, we're going to do another biophysical profile. And if baby passes, then you get to go home. And so it was, I would say it's probably like a three or four hour window of time, especially like a two hour window of time when there was a lot of concern. And then three or four hours where, you know, it was like very up in the air. But by that evening, things had really calmed down and mm -hmm. the nurses kept saying, Your baby looks great. Like, I don't know what happened in the ultrasound this morning. Um, and they finally just decided this, the specialist and my doctor that baby must have just been in a super deep sleep cycle that they could not get baby out of. And that's what was going on because the next morning I just prayed. I was like, if this baby needs to come out of me, if it's not safe for baby to be inside of me, like then make it so abundantly clear on the ultrasound. But if it's okay for me to go home, help baby to just pass the BPP with flying colors. Well, let me tell you, this child inside of me was like having a party whenever it was the BPP the next morning. Like, I'm like, I don't recall any time that I've ever felt baby move that much. And I was like, okay, God, you're answering my prayer so, so clearly. Catherine was actually, she spent the night at the hospital with me and she was sitting next to me and she was, said she was sitting there praying and she was literally seeing my stomach like poking. And it was like God answering the prayer so, so clearly to just give that peace of like, it's okay. And I could go home. And um, so anyway, that was my unexpected hospital stay. Um, we did not have a baby at 33 weeks, five days. Um, I'm really, really grateful um, just because for a lot of different reasons, um, but it was a, a good experience in the sense of that I feel like my empathy and my compassion for other moms who have gone through really traumatic things, much more traumatic things, um, it just helped me to have a little taste of what that would be like to all of a sudden need to do an emergency C-section um, and just to process through all of that because honestly, it took me a few days to really process through. And then I really struggled with fear coming home, not having the monitors on me. I struggled with fear like, is baby moving enough? And um, I've been doing a lot of counting to track the movement and all of that. But we had another biophysical profile ultrasound and growth scan just a few days ago. Baby passed it with flying colors again. Everything looks great. Um, so we're on a week-to-week -week basis right now, uh, but I've made it to past 35 weeks as of when we're recording this. By the time this comes out, I'm going to be 36 
Hopefully. And a half weeks. If, if the baby doesn't come before then. <laughs> we, uh, the goal is to make it to 39 weeks when I'll be induced. Um, but because of the different situations and issues and my age and all that, if there's any concern at this point, especially because baby already has had both of the steroid shots and all that, um, they're just going to, um, what's the word, evict. Yeah. Well, <laughs> evict the baby. I think, I don't know if you said that. That both steroid shots. They actually kept you until probably midday the following day. They wanted to wait to give administer a second shot before they let you go. Yes. They wanted to monitor for 24 hours and they wanted to do another BPP and they wanted to give me the second steroid shot. So just in case that something was to go awry and there would be a C-section. Yes. Or in the next few weeks or something like that. Right. Anyway. So um, hopefully we will not be having a baby until mid-ish June is the plan. But you can follow along on Instagram. I'm the Money Saving Mom on Instagram if you want to keep tabs. And I will be sure to update on there if anything changes. But we're just so grateful just seeing God's hand in this. Um, very unexpected and just such a good opportunity to be reminded of how we don't have control. Well, and there's another little tidbit that also you know, shows God, God's sovereignty in that you were supposed to be in Vermont when all this was going on. That's right. I forgot to say that. I was going to say at the beginning, I was supposed to leave. I had my BPP, the baby failed on Friday afternoon. I was supposed to leave with Catherine on Saturday morning, super early. We were flying to Vermont, um, just kind of like a last hurrah trip, uh, mostly because She's never been to Vermont before, and we're trying to hit all 50 states before she turns 18. COVID kind of put a wrench in that. A little bit. um, And so we were going to just have a little weekend trip because she had um, some downtime because of how her school was. And she and I were just going to go do that. And I was excited about that. But I just prayed, if I'm not supposed to go on the trip, make it very clear. (laughs) at my ultrasound that's and it was i remember i said uh i told the doctor i was like i'm supposed to be leaving for vermont tomorrow and he goes well you will not be going to vermont tomorrow (laughs) he's like regardless of what happens you're not going to vermont tomorrow um so you know i i still don't know i'm like why why that was so clear that we weren't supposed to go on that trip but i'm just trusting god there was a reason and Catherine was so gracious to just, you know, be willing to change her whole weekend plans and help watch little children and stay at the hospital with me. And it was also a blessing because you were planning to not have my help yep. that day. It was a baseball tournament and you were planning that I was going to be in Vermont. So instead, Catherine and I were at the hospital. <laughs> and so I was like, I didn't have to feel badly like, oh, I'm dropping the ball and not helping you because I was like, we I wasn't gonna be. That. I wasn't gonna meet her anyway. So um, that was. It was just interesting. Sometimes I think at the end of our life, when, when we look back, things are gonna make sense, mm-hmm. and we're gonna get to heaven. We're gonna find out there was a reason that I was not supposed to be on that trip, and I won't. Have, I won't know until I get to heaven or something. But this pregnancy has been such an opportunity to trust God to let go of control, which I've learned that I like to have or feel like I have a semblance of control and to let that go and to just have my hands open and be like, okay, God, whatever you have, I trust you. And I want to walk in faith one day at a time. And so that's where we're at. 
So thanks for joining us. Thanks for being such faithful, loyal podcast listeners. We will miss you while I'm on my maternity leave, but probably won't be thinking too much about y'all because I'm going to (laughs) be enjoying a newborn. And um, like I said, if you want to see pictures, videos, details, follow along, make sure to follow me on Instagram, on Instagram stories, where I'll be sharing lots of behind the scenes stuff. So we will see you in August, if not before then for a birth story. And I hope you have a wonderful summer. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com.